0: Republican governors participating in kidnapping and human trafficking? Well, that's the charge by California Governor Gavin Newsom against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Center for Immigration Studies Executive Director Mark Gregorian is here on that big story on the impact of the border crisis on the midterm elections. And then the Patriot Act after the 9-11 terror attack and the COVID emergency are two huge examples of the destruction of the U.S. Constitution. Constitutional scholar Paul Engel is here as we honor Constitution Day in America. And then some of the most polarized, charged subjects that we talk about in our country. Abortion, climate, sexuality, how to beat the left at their own game. A very interesting segment with Patricia Antone that you will be enlightened and encouraged here. All that's coming up next, friends, on Viewpoint this Sunday. to put away the bias, the lies, and deceit and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine of Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Out loud here. Happy Constitution Day to everybody. Every American here should be noted. This is uh, probably the most important day, or close to it, in our nation for sure. We're gonna start the program in one of the, I think one of the biggest calamities facing our nation and discuss the impacts of this, not only on the midterms, but surely the impact to our nation. And that is the immigration policy. Haven't done a deep dive on this in a bit here. And I've invited on here Mark Gregorian to join me with that uh, big lift, if you will. Uh, Mark, he has served as ex- executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies uh, since '95. Now you know the Center for Immigration Studies is their independent, nonpartisan, their research organization they're out of Washington, D.C. Uh, all things immigration. They've got an incredible team. Uh, cis.org there's no doubt about it uh th- this is the group that uh, knows what's going on here mark thank you for joining us on viewpoint this sunday and it's always a privilege to have you sir
1: glad to be here thanks for uh, having me i want to start right in
0: the heat of the moment and i think a very interesting uh Accusations uh, that the Republican governors are participating in human trafficking is the claim now. Florida uh, Governor Ron DeSantis sent a couple of plane loads, I guess, containing uh, these immigrants uh, to uh, Martha's Vineyard, nonetheless. Uh, This was just this past week, I think about Wednesday or so. And then Abbott, of course, the uh, governor of Texas, great state of Texas, he sent a couple of busloads and he's been doing that right along as well uh, with migrants to uh, Washington, D.C., and he's been sending them to other places as well. Of course, this is only a small little glimpse of what they're dealing with there on the border and in, in some of these uh, southern states here. Newsom tweets out, it says this, what Governor Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott are doing isn't clever. It's cruel. I'm formally requesting the DOJ begin an immediate investigation into these inhumane efforts to use kids as political pawns. So let's pick it up right there. There's charges there. He's claiming kidnapping charges he put in there to the DOJ and human trafficking.
1: What do you make of this? It's complete nonsense. I mean, the guy can't run the state of California, and he thinks he's going to be able to tell other people how to run their states. Uh, First of all, there's very few kids. They're uh, they're almost all adults in these groups. And, um, you know, human trafficking means something specific. It's, you know, kidnapping people. Using them for forced labor or, or you know, uh, prostitution, that kind of thing. These are these were um, people who uh, signed up for it. They said, uh, you know, you got anywhere to go after the border patrol? Let him go. You got any relatives or anything? No, I don't have any relatives. You want to go to New York or Washington D.C. or Chicago? And they're like, uh, yeah, okay, sure. And so they get a free air-conditioned bus ride with lunch to uh, someplace in the United States now. You, as you said, it's a small share. I mean, it's barely even a droplet. It's about a day and a half's worth of all the illegals who come across the border. Um, and I'm talking about all the buses that have gone, including the governor of Arizona has sent some buses to New York and the city of El Paso on its own has sent buses to Chicago. So there's a whole bunch of this going on. It still doesn't add up to very much. Like I said, maybe a day and a half, maybe two days worth over the past month. Uh, And, you know, New York has gotten a few thousand of them and declared a humanitarian emergency. Uh, The rich uh, island, the resort area for the wealthy of Martha's Vineyard, where remember, Obama has a huge estate. Mm -hmm. uh, They got 50 people. That's it, just 50 people. And within a day and a half the governor of Massachusetts had sent the army, the National Guard, to round them up and take them off the island. So the hypocrisy here, it really is hilarious. I mean, it's just, this was a stunt from the very beginning when Abbott started it. I think, I mean, I think it was maybe a month ago, maybe three weeks ago. I, you know, politics is partly theater. So a stunt, you know, sometimes is good, but I was skeptical it would make any difference. I really did not think that the people on the left, these sanctuary cities and the media and stuff, I didn't think they'd take the bait. I thought they were smart enough to say, oh, well, you know, this is, uh, you know, thank you very much, Governor Abbott, and, um, you know, we'll take it from here. And that's it. Well, they took the bait. Their heads have exploded. They're talking about how it's like the Holocaust or something. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost, this is the kind of thing you would make up in like a political satire novel where you read it and it's like, haha, that's that's just too ridiculous to be true. And yet, the, here we are. This is actually happening.
0: DeSantis' a tweet on this, He after that, he followed up, said, so the governor of California sent a letter to the Department of Justice saying, you need to prosecute Texas and Florida governors. All I can say is I think his hair gel, speaking of Newsom now, <laughs> is interfering with his brain function. And now they're going back and forth. And then at a, a kind of an event, I think a day or so later, DeSantis said, made an interesting point. We are not a sanctuary state, he said, but added that he will we will help facilitate that transport for you to be able to go to greener pastures. So DeSantis is being very snarky, of course, which he's very good at, naturally, and pushing back. Others are calling for a national debate now between Newsom and DeSantis. Now, what's fascinating about this DeSantis is continually being talked about as a presidential, um, uh, really, candidate for 2024. But a lot of people don't realize that also Newsom has been being groomed for this for a long time. And a lot of people would say what you just said, the state of California would preclude him to run, but not necessarily. They're, and I think that's why Newsom has put his voice in the national debate on this. What do you think at that
1: point? Oh, definitely. I mean, Newsom is definitely running for the Democratic nomination because his calculation is that uh, the president is just not going to be in any shape to run two years from now. I mean, I- I'll be surprised if he's able to function as president two years from now, assuming he's even functioning as president now. So uh, and remember, the vice president, Kamala Harris is the worst politician in the history of politicians. I don't I'm not even talking about her views or anything, whatever those might be. I'm saying that she literally has no idea how to be a politician. None. And so there's a lot of Democrats who were just shaking in their boots at the prospect of Kamala Harris being their nominee. And so, and personally, I think there's no way that she won't be nominated. I think her nomination is essentially guaranteed. There's no way they're going to unseat, push aside the first sort of black woman vice president. So you think she's going to
0: to run then? and you think she'll be in the campaign in 2024? I think
1: she's guaranteed to be the nominee, but uh, Newsom is figuring, well, you know, maybe not. Um, And she is really bad politician. And so, and he's frankly, I mean, he has gotten elected in, uh, California and he's you know he let me put it through he's a better politician anyway than she is yeah so yes he's definitely running so um it would be kind of interesting I think a debate between them it was it was Newsom who Suggested it. In yeah, fact, yeah, yeah, you know, it would be sort of a preview potentially of 2024. I think it might be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be very well theater. Back to the word you used exactly. a go ago here. Very a lot of theater there. I wonder if it will happen. I mean, I, the chances are not really high. I don't think because there's they're not running for anything right now. So it would be a debate just to debate. I guess. You yeah, think s- DeSantis, you think DeSantis would do it?
1: No, I don't think so. Andrew. I don't. Either. I think you won't do it because he's running for governor. Now he's running right. for re-election. Right. And so, you know, his line is going to be, look, this has nothing to do with the people of Florida and that's right. who I'm talking to now. And so in other right. words, I think it would be a mistake for him to do it. Yeah. Why but, risk everything, right? Yeah, But next year he might do it because he's going to win. I mean, there's almost no chance he's going to lose, but after he's nominated, I mean, after he wins re-election, I don't know, it could be that he would do something like that next year.
0: Yeah. And to your point about and, DeSantis, fair to say uh, Mark, that uh, I, I would assume a lot of people think that's why they put up sort of a throwaway candidate, the Democrat Party I'm speaking about in Florida, in uh, the the point of Charlie Chris, who absolutely is useless as a politician, many would say.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, somebody had to run against him. And, exactly. you know, Chris wants to run. But Chris is the former Republican governor exactly. of Florida, and then he became an independent, and now he's a Democrat. And you know, two years from now, who knows? It'll be something else. So, yeah. and he's hard to take seriously. He's not a very good politician. Yeah, well, he, so.
0: well, he's not sure what he wants to be when he grows up. I think yeah, that that's, that's a that Way to put it. Yeah, I think way to so. Put it. Yeah, he's all over the point, and you lose your backbone and your principles when you do that. You know, what's the impact of this immigration and the borders and all of that going to have on the midterm elections? Now, typically, the economy usually plays number one. We're seeing an uptick, which I'll talk to you about in a moment, of these numbers. And people think there's some wind at the back of the Biden administration. At least that's what the uh, political class on the left are putting out there. That's the new narrative they're spinning clearly. But there's a more fundamental question I'd like people to listeners to understand that I'd love you to answer. This open border policy and the things we're talking about right now, and the things that you 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 know you know this very intimately, these policies more than anyone. you you know the the dangers and the pros and the cons and all of the um the 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 micro details that people don't pay attention to. Sincere question. what What kind of a threat? Are we talking, and just a cliff note, summary point, what kind of a threat are we talking uh, to the very survival as uh, of America as a sovereign nation? Taking some of the politics out a minute, what kind of a threat is this really to America, Mark?
1: Well, uh, in the short run, it's not really a threat. I mean, we're a big country. It's it's not like we're you know ready to take fold-up shop now. But over the long term, it potentially is a problem. And I think it's, the problem here is an ideological one. And that is that before, say 10 years ago, the Democrats and Republicans disagreed on immigration and agreed in some places, but everybody kind of acknowledged that we had to have an immigration policy. We had to have borders. You had democratic voices like Barbara Jordan and others uh, who uh who were serious about having immigration control. They may have wanted more or less immigration, different disagreements, that kind of stuff. And that's all natural. That's what politics is for. But everybody was kind of on the same page about the need for controlled immigration. The idea that we had a right to decide who came in and who didn't come in. What's happened over the past five, maybe really 10 years is that, even the mainstream of the Democratic Party, I'm not talking about fringy kooks. I'm talking about the elected officials in Washington have bought into the idea of unlimited immigration, that the American people don't have the right to say no to anybody, that you know, America's bad, so who the heck are we to say that you can't move here? And that's a problem, a basic problem for the functioning of our system. Mm-hmm. Because we now have one of two parties, mm-hmm. which frankly doesn't believe in American sovereignty right. at all. Right. And so what do you do about that? Right. I don't know.
0: Right. Well, OK, so you, you really hit a, a pretty good nerve there and but a very truthful point when you said, and I always appreciate your your honesty. You don't play like a politician on a lot of this stuff, which is why I so enjoy talking with you. When you say, well, you know, not really a big threat in the immediate moment, Malcolm, but, 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 okay, cool. Now, right there is the concern I have coming into the midterm elections of what you just said, Mark Gregorian, because I think a lot of the population, a lot of the American people, because it hasn't hit their kitchen table yet, and it really hasn't impacted their personal lives, Uh, that means it comes lower on the totem pole as to how they're going to vote in November. That's the concern I have right here with what you say. However, put that to the side just a moment, Mark. I I think what I would say back to you and, and maybe have you push back or confirm what is obvious to me, but maybe not to others. This is a point of dynamite the border right now that could blow up at any moment i when i say what i say uh, explain and i'm speaking about the point of the bad cats i'm talking about the real bad cats and we know already and you know intimately the thousands of miles of borders we only know a piece of what's happening here we don't know the full story because we can't know because that's uh, people are coming over in massive numbers all over the place that we don't gather up So the bad cats, the evil people, even beyond the cartels and the drugs and the killing of our youth and everything else that's going on. I'm talking about the people who want to do away with America. These people and and these people are coming from all over the world. This is they're not just coming from Guatemala here. Having said that. That's the piece of dynamite I'm talking about. If that dynamite goes off and there's another 9-11 moment in this nation to whatever degree that it is that would change the shift of all of this immediately and put a spotlight back on this problem. Speak about that a moment, back to the immediate moment, the midterm election, and this dynamite that could go off.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's always the possibility that you're going to have, you know, some bad guy who's going to do something dramatic, blow up something, whatever, suitcase new Or a group of bad guys, a a conspiracy. Yeah, of course. Um, And the thing is, regardless of how tight your immigration system is, it's not impossible. I mean, you lock your doors or your car, but somebody could still steal it. But you lock it because the number of people who can get past that lock is smaller than just leaving the door open. Well, it's the same thing at the border. If we have really good border security, and that's not just at the border, it's also at the airports and our consulates overseas, all of that stuff, good vetting, good everything you know, it's still not impossible that some bad guy could get through, but it's a whole lot harder. Whereas right now, the Border Patrol is literally overwhelmed with people responding to Biden's invitation to immigrate illegally. And they're coming in in groups of one, two, three hundred at a time. And these guys are turning themselves in. So this is probably not the problem population in the respect you're talking about. But what it means is, the Border Patrol has to strip all of its agents off the border in order to deal with all these people. Well, guess what? The cartels and others know perfectly well where on the border there's people watching and where there's nobody watching. And so there are hundreds of thousands a year of what they call gotaways. Those are people that the Border Patrol knows crossed because they either have pictures, they saw footprints, something but they never caught them. Hundreds of thousands. You think in all of those people, there aren't some bad guys? Of course there are. And if you want to come in and move in people and things too, that shouldn't be here, that we want to keep out, this is the time to do it yeah. because the border patrol is totally distracted. And it's kind of like that scene from the Lucy show was I love Lucy was um in the chocolate factory and the <laughs> chocolate was coming faster and faster on the conveyor belt that's what's oh. going on at the border and it ain't chocolates
0: that are mm. coming through uh, by the way i used to love the lucy show man you yep. have uh, memories there that was a moment of time um but you know uh what you say there is really the crux of this that is so concerning people so concerning i uh, you just can't put it in context what mark says there and as he peels that back and talks about the real danger and you hear the numbers you say mark the hundreds of thousands and you emphasize that a couple of times because you know darn well it's at least that and we don't know who those cats are we don't know where they're at. and you also said we don't even know what they bought in with them right. and so and in, in a strategic plan a conspiracy to do harm against this country is not there's no theory behind that friends that's real that that's real that, that that's real across this planet here that want to do away with america here That point has got to be driven home here time and time uh, again. Now, Mark, bringing this all to a head right now in the political comeback, they're talking about this is Biden's political comeback. Is how the MSNBC and the CNNs and all of the Reuters and the, 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 the Times and all of the leftist publications that are trying to drive us off the cliff. This is what they're saying now. This is potentially Biden's comeback. Uh, and they're saying uh, from falling gas prices to the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act or the reemergence of Donald Trump as a 2022 campaign issue, uh, there has been uh, going uh, things are going very well for the president of late. Uh, they, here's what's ironic about all this. The shift they're talking about now, he was at a low of 33%. Now there's—he's barely can breathe. He's at 42%. You can't win an election at 42%. You can't win anything. But that's how bad he was. But they're now claiming that as a victory, which is what the Marxist left media do. Uh, sincerely, uh, I'm, I'm speaking about being a smart guy. But... You know, so the president and and his and his uh, administration, I was going to say regime or cabal, but we'll we'll be legit here. His administration comes into power, Gregorian. They come into power. They they light off uh, uh, bombs everywhere and they create massive, uh, massive inflation, economic demise. Uh, We feel the pain and the suffering. And now they create such a storm. Think about this now, Mark. You probably have. And then you create calamities everywhere, including the border and every other policy they've touched. And then all of a sudden we see the extremity of things and we start to, well, oh, we better fix some of this. <laughs> and all of a sudden you dress up the windows for the midterm elections. Well, the, oh my godly the president is doing a pretty decent job at this point. Hell, he's got this, this, and this. He ticked up eight points or nine points. Now he's not on the sewer. He's just above the, you know, just below the street level. What do you make of that? I mean, this is this a wacky strategy or what?
1: Well, it's the best they have. I mean, and obviously the uh, Democratic media wants to, you know, have a storyline where the president is, you know, that Biden is back, this kind of thing. But, you know, yes, gas prices are down and that's good. I'm glad. But um, they're still, you know, twice what they were before Biden took office. Uh, and, you know, it's the, it's the same kind of thing as with the like you said, is approval rating. It was unbelievably bad. And now it's, you know, just terrible. Um, I don't know that it's going to make any difference because, you know, the economy is what it is and they can report inflation rates, but it's much worse. Whatever the rate is, it's still unbelievably bad, but it's even worse for things. Actually, people actually buy like eggs cost, you know, what is it, 50% more, 100% more than they did a couple of years ago, that kind of stuff. People notice that sort of thing. Energy prices, electricity prices uh, are going up. People notice that when they have to heat their houses and cool their house. So anyway, I think a lot of that is um, is hot air. You know, the president, uh, we'll see whether the Democrats get totally wiped out in November or whether they just lose. But there's really not much doubt that they're going to lose, uh, and um, uh, you know you, you uh, see them
0: taking that. You see the, uh, the Republicans taking the House and potentially the Senate as well with the lose. Well, the
1: House the House is almost guaranteed. I mean, even the Republicans, as incompetent as they often are, I don't think <laughs> could screw that up. The Senate's obviously a dicier thing. I think they're still going to pull it off. Maybe they'll have fifty one seats, okay. um, but that's not as that's not for sure. Whereas the House basically is. A uh, slam dunk. I mean, yeah. I hate to say that and get overconfident. It's going to happen. Yeah. But the question is, what do they do when they have that authority? I mean, as this, this is a whole, obviously a whole other show, but yeah. Yeah. I'm not confident the Republicans are actually ready to do some things, yeah. even if yeah. even if Biden vetoes them actually pass some things yeah. so people know what they're about when they go and vote two years from now yeah. in the presidential election yeah
0: yeah yeah oh god mark i love what you say all there man that is another point for us to have another conversation on another day what you just say there i i could go on another hour with you right there uh because you just hit a bunch of nerves right there and you're so right And you're calling out the Republican Party for being the buffoons that they are. I also enjoy that, by the way, uh, to be sure, uh, because it's accurate. It's truthful. Uh, And, you know, the political class here can't seem to get it together. And, uh, you know, and, and what happens here, and really to do any impact in the Senate You really need a veto-proof deal anyway. You'd know, you have to have a real... You really would have to have a tsunami, Mark, which we'll talk about another time. And I'm talking over 60, which you know would take a hell of a miracle at this point to happen. You'd have to have a real miracle go off in the the country. Correct? Right? Right.
1: Yeah, I think so. You're not going to have a tsunami this time. You're going to have... It's the Republicans are going to win, but I don't think they're going to wipe out the
0: Democrats. See, And that's where because there's a lot of damage control being done right now. So pay attention, people. This is important. Mark, thank you for joining us here. Always a privilege. CIS.org and uh, all the work you're doing. And thank you.
1: Thank you. And just uh, for people who are on Twitter, they can follow me at Mark S. As in Stephen. Mark S. Krikorian
0: put put yourself in a, in, in a strengthful way to fight the barriers of these diseases and viruses, whatever's coming our way. So another way you could do that as well, and I wanted to bring to your attention, Genesis HOCL. Uh, that is an amazing product. This is a household item, and every household and business should have this. HOCL is a powerful, powerful product. Uh, 100% hypoallergenic, 100% safe. It doesn't, I mean, Pets, uh, kids, everything. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing product that kills, yet it kills, it's just remarkable about it. It it kills the pathogens, superbugs, viruses, influenzas, uh, and uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2, everything that COVID was. And so it puts a dry mist in the air and cleans the air, which is how you fight back at these things. So it's a fogger, you put the HOCL in and it does an incredible job. There are findings and research you can find in a free ebook. You can find out more about this by going to genesisoffogger.com forward slash outloud. You get 15% off the Fogger when you use the outloud code or just simply click that uh, banner, that little banner ad back at America Outloud. There's a whole host of those uh, sponsored partnerships, really people that will benefit your life. These are the kinds of partnerships we hear uh, have here at america right? out check that out friends uh now up next here uh constitutional scholar paul engel will join us uh we're gonna talk about uh, a few things here in light of our freedoms being dismantled since the patriot act of 9 11 and the terror attacks and the declaration of the COVID emergency and uh, the push of global elites uh in the attacks on our constitution we'll take all that up next friends as viewpoint continues we are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at AmericaOutloud.com.
2: You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold, too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Folger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything.
1: Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit
3: MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time.
0: Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm L. here and happy Constitution Day. My fellow Americans, wow, September 17th, should be one of the biggest days if not the biggest uh in our nation for sure that we honor this magnificent uh, journey uh that uh, highlighted american exceptionalism and what it was all about the mission of america that's what this is all about friends see now we can connect the dots a little bit here so in this segment now i want to talk a little bit more about the importance of this and how we are well, under attack, I guess you would say, pretty much. And, and, and it really is that way. So let's bring on now author, a speaker, a show host, and constitutional scholar. Uh, Paul Engel joins me. Uh, Paul has really dedicated his life uh, to what we're going to talk about now, which is honoring the Constitution, and has taught that in the Bible, uh, as I always say, uh, really, uh, it's what he's been doing. And he's got a marvelous show on America Out Loud Talk Radio, which I'm just so proud of. The work he's doing, the Constitution study, plays 4 p.m. weekdays on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And uh, Paul Engel, welcome. Ha- first of all, happy Constitution Day, brother, and welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday.
4: Well, happy Constitution Study, fellow American. It's it's a wonderful day to be celebrating. Uh, I'm I'm busy, but I'm enjoying every minute of it as uh, we find places to actually remember this this uh, document that helps secure yeah. our blessings of liberty.
0: Uh, lessons of liberty and and Paul has taken it to the streets and uh, he is actually on tour and really teaching people, gets into the fundamentals. Uh, so it's very, very cool. Now, let, let me let me kind of set the pace for where I want to go. We we talk about the vision. When we discuss the vision of America, Paul, and we start to connect what this means, you know, a lot of people hear the Constitution and it's met with a big yawn. They really look uh, for a lot of people. That's the case. But the importance of this document cannot be understated and all the uh, sub- subsequent documents uh, that uh, give America our, our freedoms and our liberties to make this special. But this is uh, kind of under attack when you bring it back to the Patriot Act after 9-11, the terror attack here and how the uh, political operatives seized the moment. Uh, and then it really became highlighted, I think, Paul, through this COVID emergency that still is ongoing and really, a combination of the operatives and the global elites uh, really starting to demolish all of our rights in the constitution. We're at a point I don't think I ever thought we'd see in my lifetime, anyways. Uh, and yet, we seem to be at the moment. Give people a, a point of why this is, what's really going on, and why this is so critical right now, Paul.
4: Well, you're right. Our, our rights, our rights have pretty much been under attack since 1787. Uh, the difference is how the people have reacted to it. Ronald Reagan famously said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We did not pass it on in the bloodstream. It must be fought for and defended and passed on to the next generation to do the same. Now, what's happened is we stopped doing that. We stopped educating ourselves. We stopped passing this this love of country, love of our rights, even a respect for our rights. We stopped passing that on. We at some point decided, you know, at the age of five, we're going to take one of our most precious resources, our children, and hand them to government and say, here, you educate them. And we're surprised that government doesn't teach them that uh, government is there to serve them, not to be served by them. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised at all. And you're right. It, it's like the the hockey stick effect. We see the 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 takeover by government of so much of our lives has these inflection points the Patriot Act was one uh, certainly covid has exposed just how tyrannical so many of our governments are but here's the interesting thing okay if you if you stop listening to the news if you if you don't pay attention if you actually focus on yourself and your rights and your liberty mm-hmm. covid is meaningless at this point i i'm not i'm not dealing with a covid pandemic i'm not dealing with a covid emergency Right. occasionally I'm dealing with somebody that is afraid of this virus, but um, you know, I, I it's interesting. Uh, I don't go around wearing a mask. I, I didn't get the jab and I, I don't let it rule my life. I rule my own life.
0: Yeah. So you didn't do any of that and you're still alive, well and kicking. How do you like that? You know, just like me, right? I
4: mean, Absol- ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and of st- course the the more and more we hmm. learn about this experiment on the human genome, Right. The more and more worried we should be.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why we get so many people writing into the network here that are so concerned with what what you say there. This was, uh, you know, changing the human uh, genetics here. And uh, more of that's going to be flushed out as we continue to talk about that on the network here, to be sure. Uh, there's something else uh, g- uh, happening here, uh, clearly with all of this, which we can't dive into now, but it just shows you the threats uh, to our uh Constitution to our rights. uh, All of this is a threat. Now, there's a lot of talk out there, Paul. Uh, You know, we talk a lot about the Electoral College, and the popular vote, and that's always becomes a fuel every well every few years and then in between the years. Uh, where they want to debate that point, depending on who won the election, of course. Uh, But really, they're trying to get to uh, kind of what many references, mob rule. Now, Benjamin Franklin came out and he talked about he had a pretty good explanation of this. And and just uh, grab onto this, friends. He says, democracy is two wolves and a lamb sitting down to vote on what to have for lunch. Uh, A republic, uh, the liberty, is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Explain that, Paul.
4: It's one of my favorite quotes, and it, it truly is. It, it's a very picturesque way of describing the difference between a democracy and a republic. See, in a democracy, uh, they often say it, they say it's you know fifty percent plus one. They get to rule everything, and it, that's not entirely true. Yes, the numbers are fifty percent plus one, but it truly is who can gin up the most support. Uh, do you really believe that uh, you know, 50% plus one support a project or is it, well, we, we have to abide by that because that's where society is. As humans, we want to go along. We, we are susceptible to peer pressure, which is why you see movements like uh, start with, you started with the homosexual movement, with the transgender movement. You see all these little tiny minorities generating so much impact far beyond their size. Because we we bow to peer pressure, so in a democracy, it doesn't. You don't even have to convince fifty percent plus one that they want this. You simply have to convince them that they're going to go along with the peers, and that includes not just what laws are going to pass. It literally is whether or not you're be allowed to exercise your rights. Everything from your freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom to petition, freedom to assemble. All of these rights could be taken away in a democracy. They are not protected, Mm -hmm. as opposed to a republic. Now, America is not just a republic. We're a constitutional republic. But as a republic, it means we the people don't make laws. We don't write legislation. We don't vote on legislation. We hire representatives to do that. They do it in our name, by our authority, but we hire them. Mm -hmm. And that's meant to be a cooling off period so that the mob isn't making the laws the, the men and women we hire to think these things help think these things through are supposed to cool the emotions.
0: There's another big point to make to people, Paul, and that is we have fifty states, the fifty United States of America, of course, not terribly United these days with red and blue as it is in the hostilities, but United States meaning that the representations was divided amongst all these amazing states with two senators that represent and and congressional. Uh, uh, people that uh, depended upon the size, more localized uh, to the size of the states. But it ensured that various states that didn't have a lot of population will be represented in these United States of America. And so if you didn't have this sort of republic, this constitutional republic and have a, a, a proper uh, electoral college, and went the other way. Well, most of the country, in fact, uh, the vast majority of states would have absolutely no say in anything at all. It would no longer be a United States call. Is that a correct statement?
4: Well, in many ways, but a lot of it comes from our 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 the misteaching, the, the bad information we've all been taught about things like Congress and the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. We have a bicameral, a two-house Congress for two reasons. Those houses have different purposes. The House of Representatives is there to represent the people. That's why the people elect them directly and it's why the states are have representation apportioned to them based on their population. Mm-hmm. You have more people, you get more there are more elections you have to have, but those those representatives are representing the people. The Senate is designed to represent the states, which is why originally they weren't US senators were not elected. They were chosen by the state legislature, so we've got these two different bodies at work: one representing the people, one representing the states. You, because we have these two different groups with right, two different right. Uh, approaches.
0: Right, but but what isn't this all? Isn't this? I, I want to drive to the point to back to the point of. But isn't this all representative of the fact? That America is unique in the fact that we, uh, back to my point of 50 states, we have 50 states here and, they're rep- and they need to be representative in the, in the bodies that you just mentioned here. But I, I don't lose sight of that. That's what makes us so unique here as a constitutional republic. In other words, in order, Paul, in order to hear we the people and really hear we the people, this was a brilliant
4: idea. Yes, it was. And, and the, the, part of the problem is we look at things upside down. See we we don't have 50 states in order to distribute power we created 50 states cuz we the people created them they joined together into a union called the United States the 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 states are not servants they're not vassals of the right. federal government they are its creator they're We its created vassals. the
0: federal government and this is a, this is a point that really irritates me because people think that the federal government is all of that in a bag of candy and we we created these people. They didn't create us. And people lose sight of this point. This is huge.
4: Exactly, which is why uh, you mentioned, you know, th- yeah. why this isn't working. Well, yeah, the, the states aren't represented in the Senate because we, the people, right. were handed the responsibility of choosing our senators, and we don't hold them accountable. Yeah. We watch while they violate right after right after right. And nobody take you know nobody holds them accountable. When was the last time you were encountered a a government official, a representative, uh, a, a senator, even a state or local official, and treated them like an employee rather than ooh you're an honored person? I, I'm blessed to be in your presence. Right,
3: right.
4: We have yeah. it's this it's this mindset. It's one of the reasons why, like I said. I don't suffer from COVID because I don't suffer from what government does because government yeah. has, they don't have the authority to do that. And I recognize that. That means I don't have to bow to what they say. That's right. Now I may suffer consequences for that because let's face it, bullies don't like to be stood up to, Yeah. but when we start standing up to them, suddenly things, you know, the, the whole dynamic changes.
0: I uh, commend you, uh, Paul, for a lot of the work you do. It is such a privilege to have uh, you, uh Part of this journey, this mission, uh, it was it was God's plan for all of this to work out the way it's working out here, uh, I believe, on this network and this platform. And it's not accidental you're here uh, as part of this uh, really unique network and platform that we are. Really appreciate your voice. 4 p.m. weekdays. Listen to the Constitution study, Paul, and you're doing some pretty good work. You're having some fun at it as well, aren't you, buddy?
4: I am, you know, it, it is a lot of work, but I thoroughly enjoy it. And you're right. This is, this is a unique situation. You know, you talk about America being unique and we are because we are created from the bottom up and uh, America out loud has allowed me the opportunity to meet and, and talk with and speak to so many wonderful people Mm -hmm. um, to get people that are contacting me with questions and and looking for help.
0: And that is uh, Brother Paul Engel, a constitutional scholar and just a terrific guy, uh, knowledgeable like nobody's business when it comes to the Constitution. Uh, Please check that out and become a participant at 4 p.m. weekdays. uh, The Constitution Study, it should be daily requirement for everybody to check in uh, to this uh, program and what's happening here on the network. A lot more to come on this, by the way, in the Constitution and America Out Loud, uh, to be sure. Moving the ball forward here on Viewpoint this Sunday. Uh, I want to bring again another one of our uh, really amazing uh, products, our sponsored uh, partnerships, but a real partner here at American Raul Loud, and that is Healthy Cell. Uh, there's nothing like it at all, and uh, that's why I tell you about it all the time. here. Yeah, I hope you're taking Immune Super Boost. I hope you're taking Focus and Recall, or perhaps you're getting the benefits of uh, REM sleep. I don't know, but all of these products now, I've got a news bulletin for you. Uh, we are we're number one reseller of this product in the country. It's not by accident. I've been working with these folks for four and a half years for the reasons of improving all of our lives. But for the first time ever, I am proud to tell you that we have negotiated a even a better deal, even a great deal because of the volume of product. And to all of our listeners, 25% off. Wow. Off that first order, 25% off. Code out loud. That's the biggest ever. And it's the only place you can get it is at america out loud so you can go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud uh, and right there or just click that little banner ad back at america Out loud you automatically get the discount just by doing that 25 percent off now is truly amazing and try the immune super boost uh you get a maximum of absorption into your body vitamin c vitamin d3 zinc echinacea extract, elderberry extract. I mean, you get the picture here, friends. And it's a whole host of great products you can check out back at healthycell.com forward slash out loud. Do that, friends. And then, got a really interesting segment coming up for you now. So, uh, if you want to go take your healthy cell, go take it now, but hurry up back real fast here. We'll join you back on Viewpoint this Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform
2: and inspire. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Superboost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free, Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud.
1: Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers.
0: Three of the biggest left-right arguments that drive policy and really drive us all crazy in the process, to say the least. huh? Uh, But these have a huge impact on our lives, not to downplay any of this. I want to talk about that next, friends, understanding the debate and being able to counterpoint or some people call it counterpunch or counterargument back what these things are very fascinating uh, segment coming up next year. I think you'll enjoy here. And joining me on the broadcast now is Patricia Antone joins me. She's an author analyst, a constitutional conservative who uh, kind of analyzes the political operatives and the events that are happening on the backdrop of our uh, constitution, if you will, here. So she's got a brilliant piece of, I just think it was really well put here, uh, Patricia. Good job on that op-ed on the network here. It's entitled Abortion, Climate, Sexuality, How to Beat the Left at Their Own Game, and that is on the front page of americaroutloud.com, friends. It's right on the left sidebar. You can uh, read that, please go do read that. Now, Patricia, you make a few points here, and I want to really educate folks as to what you're talking about, because you've got some real gems here, and you use as examples the climate, the human reproduction, human sexuality. Let's start with climate. Give us the problem or the quasi, it's kind of an oxymoron, what, what we're doing wrong, what's happening there. Go ahead.
3: We accept a fundamental lie. And at the base of each of these arguments on the, on the left is a fundamental lie. And we have we have blown it by going, yeah, but, and then arguing, oh, but your your uh, prescription is too expensive. But what's, because, why,
0: why is it a lie? Tell us why. Is, I agree. CO2
3: but, yeah. is not a pollutant. And that is actually a, a matter of long discovered science. Right. And the global warming thing, global climate change has always been the case. That's not even in dispute. Scientists that look at the fossil record are readily able to observe both warming and cooling periods. The warming periods actually are attended by great ex- uh, extensions in, in both speciation and range for both plants and animals. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like global warming has ever been attended by So uh, what disaster. you're saying,
0: it's the evolution of our planet and what's happened over millions of years before us, Uh, It's not going to stop tomorrow, but yet there are operatives who've taken this and hijacked that narrative. Your point of CO2 is something I talk about all the time. And we have many scientists on America Out Loud, as you know, and they talk about this point. But it is a product of life without CO2 and without we'd have no green. We wouldn't exist. And yet they made that the
3: the planet. They made that the enemy,
0: though, Patricia, huh?
3: Uh, and, and they make that the enemy because it's something that yeah. CO2 emissions can be controlled politically. So okay. if the goal is to obtain central control of energy policy and economics, then it makes sense to say, well, the climate isn't a function of solar energy or any of this. The climate is actually a function of what people do.
0: All right, so instead of then to, to fight that argument back, what will, how would we fight that argument back, please?
3: with the facts with the facts that global warming has never in the earth's history been attended by mass extinctions where global cooling has and yeah. co2 actually greens the planet and it's it's uh, the, it is, the yeah. foundation of yeah. the food chain
0: so keep it in just a simple talking point that's simple. it right simple right.
3: and it's but it, yeah. what, what we've done in the past is to say yes yeah. we agree that, that co2 emissions are harmful but we can't afford your so it's a yeah but the least powerful argument you can ever yeah. make in any situation is yeah, but.
0: I love it. I love it. That's what I thought was the jam about this piece. So instead of doing the obvious what people do, you use the word but and you go to the argument they want you to do, which gives them an ob- objection and they can answer the objection back, you know.
3: Exactly. Right. Then they'll tell you how to solve your problem for you. No, that's not it's what you want
0: to do. No, you got to really argue the argument that you're, it's awful to BS to begin with, you know. And here's right. why. The you know? Fundamental right.
3: lie. Here. Onto the on to the next one now. This lie. Mm-hmm. Onto
0: the next one of human reproduction now. And this gets into, this is a fully charged uh, debate in our country. Of course, the Supreme Court is all over this particular story, which is abortion. Uh, t- tell us about uh, this one, the argument and the answer.
3: Well, the, the science has already established that a genetically unique human being begins at conception. No, Nobody's even arguing that that isn't the case. So the idea that um humanity is conferred by, by maternal decree, whether, you know, whether or not she wants the child somehow determines his humanity is, is not only immoral, but it's absurd. It's absurd. So preventing reproduction isn't, that's not reproductive health care. Reproductive health care is taking care of the reproductive system and killing is not health care.
0: Right. Right. But, but, you know, but it is in dispute because they're saying it's part of the woman's body and it's a part of her decision to make. It's not yours. You say here in the piece, pregnancy is not a disease, but a natural process for which women's bodies are uniquely designed. The need Mm -hmm. for medical intervention is the exception, not the rule. Very well said.
3: Well, thank you. But the, the, the fundamental lie is that the fetus is a part of a woman's body until born. Right. And that is a fundamental lie because we science proves it to be untrue. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to revert to um, religious or, um, you know, any any kind of that kind. Of, it's not a matter of faith. Okay. It's a matter of scientific. Uh, established so, fact.
0: when they say back, it's my body, my choice, you would say.
3: Your body, your choice ends with your body. The, another person's body is not your choice. And so reproductive freedom needs to be exercised before one reproduces. If there's a fetus living inside you, you have already produced, reproduced.
0: All right. Now, this other one, again, is a big charge on human sexuality. This is the trans movement. This is all of what's happened in the year to the kids, the indoctrination of a lot of these theories and strategies. It's a very minority, small, uh, microscopic look of our population, yet it gets a lot of oxygen. Tell us about that problem and, and how we solve that.
3: Well, and I think the reason that it gets a lot of oxygen, even though it doesn't represent a huge number of people, is that they want us to deny the evidence of our eyes and ears. That is absolutely essential to totalitarian ideological control is to get individual people to say, I don't know what a woman is because I'm not a biologist. It's never happened in the history of humanity that a male has turned into a female or vice versa. And given that's the case, the whole movement of this trans thing is based on a lie. People cannot turn into another sex. That can't happen.
0: But once you say these kinds of things, you're going to be called a transphobic, a homophobic, a racist, SOB. You're going to be called of things. I'm
3: fine with that. I'm fine with that, but I mean, we the average person may
0: not out. be. I'm suggesting to you, you may be. Yeah,
3: and yeah, yeah, another person might not be. But I think that that if we hope to prevail in this battle, we need to stop being afraid of name calling for crying out loud. You know, it's we're in a battle for our survival here, yeah, yeah. because if we stop acknowledging physical reality and if we defer yeah. to party-approved experts to acknowledge physical reality we are in an existential okay. threat kind of deal. So how do we
0: have these conversations and still be ladies and gentlemen? And I say this respectfully, so we're not screaming at each other.
3: Well, and and, and I don't think that it's necessary to scream the facts that, Humans cannot transition from one sex to another. We don't have to scream that. We do We need to state it. And then we need to state, what am I willing to do? What am I willing to do? Well, I'm willing to call you Leslie if you choose Leslie as your name, but I'm not willing to refer to you as a female if you're a male. I'm willing to acknowledge that that you want to drive a battery-operated car. I'm not willing to accept force. That you want to impose that on others. You know, okay. we need to, we need to get real clear about the lines of reality versus okay. ideology and, and what we're willing to do. And then All we right. need to say, we can, instead of saying, we can't do this and that, and then them offering arguments for solving our problem, we need to say, I'm not willing. That's a completely different thing. I'm not okay. willing.
0: All right now, and then you say here, every victory for the leftist deniers of observable reality results in more power in government hands used in ever more unaccountable ways. What dishes about all these levers you're talking about and these, these social arguments is the objective is totalitarian control. And this is the why. So you're talking about it's a strategy to deploy to replace the observable reality to which we are all equally accountable with facts that are defined by those in power. It's essentially steps to the establishment of totalitarian control. And then you get into some very, very interesting uh, points that I want to discuss with you now and you say, again, back to what you've been, the thread you've been talking about in the last many minutes here is you, that we're using the wrong argument points. Now, this is, this is where the rubber meets the road. You give out six examples here. And I want people to be able to bite into these examples. I want them to read the piece and to take these examples with them. So I think it's fascinating. And you say we must speak the truth in plain unapologetic terms, but and I will add to that, but always, as ladies and gentlemen, I always suggest to people back, we can do this in the proper way. And you get mm-hmm. onto those six points where you say carbon is not a pollutant, but an essential building block of life. You go on to number two: global climate always has and will always change. There's irrefutable proof of this. Hello, uh, you mm-hmm. know. And you get on to three: central control of the economy, energy, food, reproduction, medical practice, etc., poses the single most lethal threat to individual human lives and society. All of that in a nutshell. Those six points there. That's what you mean by speaking the truth in plain, unapologetic terms. And you think, though, I think what you're saying is all too often the right, what I say, acquiesces to the left with whatever their demands are. They say, okay, sir. Okay, yeah, we'll follow you along. We'll give you all of that. And it seems to me, Patricia, they've been doing that for some years now.
3: Well, I think a lot of times they think it's the more reasonable, the more gentlemanly, the more ladylike thing to do is to offer a yeah, but. We'll, We'll concede that you are acting in good faith on this, that, and the other thing. And the yeah, but argument is always the weakest argument. So I'm saying... We can't go back and forth like this. We have to stop going back and forth. And instead, we need to take the rug out from under any policy proposal that is based on a lie. So if, if the climate movement is based on a lie, as we know it is, mm-hmm. then we need to take the lie down. Okay. And we don't need to take other people down. We need to take the lie down.
0: All right. Yeah, there you go here. All right. That piece again, that op-ed, uh, my, my friends, is uh, right on AmericaOutloud.com. On the front page, you'll see that. And let me give you the title again, Abortion, Climate, Sexuality, How to Beat the Left at Their Own Game. I just really thought this was an interesting piece that makes us think We've, you've got to be able to flip the script, I guess, is what I would suggest to you. I thought Patricia Antone's piece spoke to that very well. I was anxious to share it with you, hoping you'd get something from that, glean some thoughts for you, or at least help you think outside the box just a little bit more, please. Uh, and help us push back on these things that are becoming outrageous, that are having, that are unraveling our society in ways that we could not imagine. And, and there's repercussions from that, friends, that it will, it will cause the erosion of our life and our society and the generations uh, to be more unraveled just ahead than you could ever imagine. So it is time to really consider these uh, thoughts and ideas here. Well, again, I want to wish everybody happy Constitution Day. Man, this is it. Uh, this is this weekend. We celebrate, and every day we should be celebrating this amazing American experiment and my fellow Americans, I wish you the best and a jump in your step always. Enjoy the moment, but never take your eye off the off the crystal ball of this amazing nation that we've been blessed to live in, uh, and the rights given to us from our Creator, and the um, and these wonderful founders and framers who really created this structure of what we call the United States of America. Here, thank you for joining me on the mission here. Each time to get involved and get loud, America.